and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, we have a very wise woman for you, Eva Like, who actually reached out to us after the Radical Shift Summit to talk to us about craniosacral therapy, which helps your body release the effects of health life experiences. She also speaks to us about archetypal astrology because with astrology, it became possible to deal with the inner as well as the outer and also the collective world in a deep, coherent and meaningful way. The paradigm shift that includes astrology means that archetypal astrology as a modern cosmology attends to our need for an inner path to cultural education, insight into the process of history, beauty of the mind and spiritual involvement. All thanks to the wonderful Carl Jung and later Joseph Campbell and James Hillman's contributions to our understanding of archetypes alchemy, dreams, myths, and the collective consciousness. Carl Jung says it is as though the person you were meant to be is pre-existent or already present at your birth, and it is your task to find your archetype. In this way, you find the way home. Eva also speaks to us about exactly what is craniosacral therapy, which is the membranes and fluid that surrounds, protects, and nourishes the brain and spinal cord. The therapy harmonizes the balance via a soft touch approach of the cranial bones combined with soft touch of connective tissues to ease our ability to let go of the attention and our well-being is enhanced. You can experience a very relaxed and integrated feeling once you have finished treatment. It's now time to tap into this very inspirational woman. Enjoy. Well, today we have, I should be saying tonight, it's Friday, 8 p.m. We have, now I hope I do this justice, it's Eva Luk Svestrup, all the way from Denmark. Welcome to Iron Woman Project. Thank you very much, and thank you for your invitation. <laughs> so what's the time there now? In Denmark, it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, so... 10 o'clock in yes. the morning. And it's Friday, Good of course. To you. <laughs> yes. It's Friday also, yes. <laughs> yes. So before yeah. we got on the show, Eva and I were talking about the different cultures because I was explained to Eva that when I traveled in the 90s, I have to say that the most friendly culture or individuals that I met were the Dutch, just beautiful people. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about our different cultures and so forth. But before we get into 
uh, you know, unpacking Eva. Let me tell you a little bit about Eva. Eva was part of the summit and actually we've been communicating. And as soon as I found out that she does um, astrology, of course, I wanted her on the show, but she also does um, craniosacral which, uh, therapy, which we had Jennifer Gardner who came on the show and spoke about it. So Eva has uh, a wealth of knowledge uh, to share with us today or tonight, I should be saying. Um, so for our listeners, Eva, let's unpack Eva. Tell us your story. Yeah. Um, um, I remember when I was, I think, 18 or 19 years um I got very interested in some of the things we were doing at school because uh, the teachers wanted us to do some writing for ourselves. And it sort of uh, awakened some new interest in, in, in the schoolwork. And then when I had finished school, I was, I, was, I was wanting to study history because I got very interested in uh, international politics and foreign politics and things like that. So I um, started... Uh, at the university, studying history, but but I didn't complete the education. Uh, I, I didn't feel so comfortable in in in, in the environment. So so I um, I decided to, to to do some other things. And um, in the late twenties, I, I then decided to uh, educate myself as a social worker. And when I started that education. I met a fellow student, and she and I just began to talk about astrology. Her father had been doing astrology for many years, and so she knew a lot about it. And we had many, many, many conversations about astrology during the whole education. So it, it was like I had two educations, actually, <laughs> a parallel education to to the, the one I was doing about the social work. And... Um, after I had finished the education, I was invited to work in the refugee council in, in Denmark. I had, I had been doing some some work there before, so so when they they knew I was finishing the social education, they wrote to me and asked me if I wanted to come back and, and work as as a, an advisor for for the refugees that came to Denmark in the 1980s. And um, and when I had been there for for, for a, short time I just realized that the, my interest in, in the international politics suddenly had become you know daily reality and and um, I heard so many uh, really really moving stories from people from it was uh, mostly from the Middle East people coming from the Middle East to Denmark at that time and um, yeah it was it kind of opened something inside, um, like the astrology had done. I mean, um, the astrology, some people who work with the archetypal astrology, they call it um, that it opens up the anima mundi, the world soul within. And I didn't have those words for it at that time. I, I could just sense that um, something happened on the inside. Um, when, when, when you began to uh, go into the astrological way of seeing the world, seeing yourself, seeing the coherence between the personal and the transpersonal, and um, it was like a whole new inner psychic space opening up, I remember. 
and and this process sort of uh, developed further when when I had this job uh, meeting all those different uh, cultures, and I um, I also had some love experiences in in that period, which sort of um, I didn't know what to what to call it at that time, but but. Later on, I, I, I read uh, uh, some of the things that Abraham Maslow had written about uh, peak experiences. You know, when you have a really deep or high experience, and and you sort of, um, I felt that it was both the body and and the, the mind or the soul opening up or expanding in in some way, and it was a really really wonderful inner feeling, and. Um, and so later on, I, I discovered that 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 was a name for it. It, it I, I might have had uh, some peak experiences. In, it was in in my early thirties. And you know, in astrology, we, we always say that um, when you're thirty, sixty, or if you become ninety, you have the the Saturn round. It's like twenty nine uh, and a half or. Uh, 30 years it's the, the first Saturn round mm. and it's a very uh, important point of your life the first the second and maybe you have a third Saturn round also it's like a, a conclusion of some life experiences so it was for me the first Saturn round was very very decisive for I think my future path in life Mm, I love that. So for our listeners, they probably want to understand a little bit more uh, around archetypal astrology. And I have to agree, look, I've, I'm studying astrology and I think for me it's taught me so much about myself. Uh, mm. I've learned how to even like I think for me it's also looking at the dichotomies because I have a lot of conflict with my astrology, my natal chart, for example. And so yeah. for me it's it's all about seeing the conflict but how to work with that conflict so the dichotomy and it's really helped me put the pieces together and I think that it is it really does open up your world and it's it opens up your soul and it makes you look at things in such a different light and I think the fact that you did astrology and counseling they go hand in hand if you ask me Um, because I see that you know astrology it's very psychological and when you're doing counselling, it's you know they go hand in hand, don't they? Absolutely. Mm. And and we had a lot of new literature also in in the seventies and eighties. Uh, you know, the, the screen from England and a lot of people that she was working with, they, they wrote very very good books about um, psychological astrology. We called it. And mm. I also had it. I took an education later in in Copenhagen. Uh, at something called the Unicorn School of Astropsychology, where we also we were trained in in counselling and in in, in uh, combining the modern psychology and especially the Jungian view, mm. and as you say, working with uh, dichotomies and uh, oppositions, it's, it's really really a deepening process, I think, for all of us to to kind of integrate our own. Uh, opposite uh, maybe impulses or views on things and, mm. and uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely opened up my eyes. Like I think that even like when I think about looking at charts, what you if you have a look at what somebody comes into this life with, uh, you know, yes. and we quite quite quickly will give them a label as oh this person's got Asperger's or they've got ADHD or whatever that may be. But if you actually yeah. have a look at their chart. It's actually if we were able to educate them that this is what you've come into and how to work with this energy, this type of energy or influence, I think yeah. there would be less people on medication, um, less exactly. labels, uh, and I think yeah. we'd be able to empower our people and planet so much more than what's going on today. What are your thoughts around that? Exactly, and and this is also one of the reasons that I really like the archetypal astrology because – um, you know, astrology may have um, a reputation for being something like uh, some divinatory uh, uh, way of, of, of uh, you know, it can be used like something to predict predict uh, your life and and uh, what is going to happen. But but in the archetypal astrology, it is. Um, expressed in the way that we say that it is archetypally predictable, but it's not concretely predictable. It, and it sort of has integrated the, the notion that we are co-creators and, um, and no one can tell you what will happen in your life because you are, you are co-creating your own life. And it's absolutely true about the labels I think we put on people uh, in some parts of our culture they can also be stigmatizing as as we were talking about with cultures um and and there when we have the horoscope everybody has the horoscope and and we all contain the the wholeness within and 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 if we can um um if we can look at ourselves and each other like like we are all wholes um and and we are containing everything it, everything will be very, very different. Mm. I agree. And I have to say that with astrology, I agree with what you were saying, like with uh, you, it is predictable, but I think it's more so about the influence. So I look at, you know, like I, I do my forecast, I do a forecast and I always have a look at every week what's my influence. And it kind of sets me up because if I've got influence where there might be a little bit of conflict, then I'm conscious of that and therefore I will set intentions for my day to uh, be at peace or to focus on yeah. something more positive. So I love astrology for that because it does help me set my intentions for the week. So, but it is predictable as in it, there's, this is the influence around you, but there's freedom within yeah. the framework. It's about what you do with it. And exactly, and I, I mean that goes back to free will. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's, I hear some people say, uh, and I have spoken to quite a few, few people say there is no such thing as free will, and then mm. I hear people say there is free will. So for me, there is free will because, you know, there's that freedom in within the framework. What what's your thoughts around free will? Well, as I said before, you can say that um, with astrology, you, you, it's archetypally. Uh, predictive you can see which archetypes are uh, maybe activating some of your birth chart as a transit but it's up to you how to cooperate with with those uh, archetypal energies and uh, we absolutely have free will mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not in any doubt about that I think we we are we are born into so we are born into a certain time 
mm. and and uh, and our our life has the quality of, of that moment that we are born into and and um, this is this is where we start this time because we are we obviously obviously live many many incarnations mm. I, I have also no doubt about that yes so I agree. Um, so so we can we can um, we can refine and develop um, the way we cooperate with with the archetypal uh, impulses or the mm. the archetypes in the horoscope and of course it will be different also uh, um, with regard to what time you are born into mm. and this is also something i think is very interesting about the archetypal astrology because archetypes have have many different um, um, shapes also uh, according to in the in the historic times they have been um, in you know, like Plato, the, the the Greek philosopher, he saw them as transcendental um, um, entities or something like that. And and other times they were regarded as gods and goddesses. And mm. and when Jung, uh, uh, when he had his uh, his great uh, process, actually it was in his, I think it was in the beginning of his forties when he had the Uranus opposition, Uranus. Transit, you know, like everybody has in, in the in the early forties, uh, he discovered the archetypes on the inside, like psychological uh, or, or maybe we should say mythic <laughs> figures, um, and 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 he got so much uh, material from from those inner journeys he had that he had uh, material for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, and that's, I think that's very, very interesting and also very um, important for our time. <clears throat> uh, the work of Jung and also his wife, Emma Jung. Mm. She worked with, you know, the Grail legend. She, she, I think she spent most of her life working on, on, on this, um, um, the, the, the legend of the Holy Grail. And, and, and when she died, uh, she, she hadn't finished the book, so... Uh, Marie Louise von Franz, uh, Jung's uh, pupil or disciple, <laughs> um, one of his nearest his nearest uh, co-workers. She finished that that book, Emma Jung's work about the Holy Grail. Mm. I'm. I just had a conversation the other day about the Holy Grail. I'm actually because uh, it's in south of France. And all yeah. the, the holy yeah. sites. And there was a, another lady I interviewed just the other day who was saying that she um, uh, went to the south of France and did the whole Holy Grail and um, went into the cave with Mary Magdal Magdalene. Uh, with Mary yeah. Magdalene. Yeah. And she just, her experience, oh, it put, it was, I had goosebumps over goosebumps is probably the best yeah. way to describe it. Yeah. Yes. It was amazing. It's a very, yeah, it's a very, very interesting legend for the for the Western culture, I think. Mm. And uh, I think Emma Jung is very uh, good at explaining the psychological uh, uh, components of it. Mm. I ah. really like the way she had, has written about it. <laughs> I haven't. I've I've definitely looked into Carl Jung because I'm I'm a big fan of yeah, of Carl Jung, but I haven't looked into his wife at all. So. Thank you mm -hmm. for bringing that up because that's something I'm going to look into. Eva, what mm -hmm. I'd love to do, and I know our listeners are sitting there, it's like, let's talk through the archetypes. What are the archetypes of astrology? The the planets? Yeah, the different archetypes. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's, it's difficult actually to um, 
to to put them into a box and say this is one archetype and this is because they are not they are not um, they are not completely um, isolated uh, mm. entities. I, I think they are more like um, like the planets in the mm. sky. They are always making um, um, connections to one another or aspects, we should say. So 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 the archetypal I think is uh, very much in the interaction. The interaction between the planets, and um, I like to I like to think about the sun and moon as the the, the basic sort of the, the you you can say the, the the base life energy or something mm-hmm. like that, and 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 the also the the every month the moon has its round, you know the 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 new moon. The half moon, the full moon, the second half, and and then the new conjunction. It's like an archetypal um, uh, process for any aspects between two planets. You know, when when we have mm. the new moon, the conjunction, it's like a new beginning. Yeah. So if so, if you have two other planets in a conjunction, like uh, Mars, of, Mars and Venus, for example, you can say, okay, in this life, I can make a new beginning between the 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 mass of the the active the you know um the male or mm-hmm. or the the active part and 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 the more enjoying the the venus your values you can make it you can make a new beginning in how to combine those two mm. <clears throat> and when we have this and when we have the squares that the first square when when we from the conjunction to the, the we call it the rising or, or the outgoing square, you can say it's like um, it's like a new uh, direction you take. If you have a, a, an outgoing square, uh, we say it's it's uh, it's the end of the beginning of a process. Mm. So you are moving towards the the full moon aspect, which which is if you if you take the sun and moon. The sun, uh, the light from the sun shines from both ways around the earth when you have the full moon. You know, the earth is between the sun and moon. So there you have a full, uh, uh, the, 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 the most illuminated possible, uh, actually, um, view on, on um, or understanding of an aspect. And this is very interesting, I think, uh, with regard to oppositions, uh, Taken as a whole, because because um, it, it's like um, we know that everything is is happening inside, but but when you meet something outside, uh, it it it, it's, it it can really really um, move your psyche, uh, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, yeah, I absolutely. just think about. Yeah, I I think um, it was Emma Jung actually also who wrote about. Uh, uh, the positive side, uh, side of projections mm. in, in in her book about um, the Holy Grail, you know, the Parsifal, the, the young Parsifal. He, um, at, at some point, his, his mother has uh, uh, taken him very deep into the wood and, and she has raised him and uh, tried not to let him meet any knights because her, her, his father was uh, killed in, in some 
fight with the knight. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you try to uh, protect him <laughs> from meeting knights. And, and um, of course, he meets one or he meets a, a group of knights as a young boy and, and he gets very, very excited. It is, it's, it's actually a kind of peak experience he has as a very young man. Yeah. And there, Emma, Emma Jung talks about it like the positive side of the projection is that, that, that he's really, he gets so much energy from that experience that he actually has the power to move out into the world and, and you know, break free of, of, uh, of uh, the bonding to the mother in a positive way. Mm. So, so I think that's interesting also about um, meeting other people and, and, uh, and, you know, learning how to, how to integrate the projections like love and, and, you know, all kinds of things that, that um, you, you think, I, I, I do think though that when you meet other people, we, we, uh, we tend to activate uh, also archetypes in, in our uh, horoscopes. Of course we do, but, but, um, but we know, you know, especially from the Jungian psychology that we must take back the projections and, uh, learn how to integrate mm. uh, what what uh, what other people the med- meeting other people um, activates within our own psyche absolutely because we do we project uh, I guess what in what we're going through internally externally you know I yes. always say what what presents externally is a bit of a clue of insight of what's going on internally whether you like it or not it's what you're yeah. projecting and we project yes. our stuff onto our partners we project our stuff onto our work colleagues we project our stuff all the time absolutely yes mm. and it's about being aware of that and how do we uh control cuz that's not that easy is it it's like you have to be conscious because we're very you know we're we're very much at that unconscious where we're constantly on autopilot, uh, just running our programs and we're not really conscious of what we are actually doing most of the mm-hmm. time. I mean, it, t- yeah. it does take a lot of energy, but it's interesting when you start becoming more aware and conscious of what you are projecting. And it's when, when you start taking accountability and ownership. So I always say like, why did I create this or how did I create this? It gives me accountability, but it gives me insight into what was I thinking? What was I feeling? And what was I projecting? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So Eva, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and find out a little bit about what some, what are some of your radical shifts that made your life change for the better? Well, um, I, I have talked about it a little bit already. I think those um, um, love experiences, which which I later found out I could call a peak experience, they, they really changed something very, very deep um, when I had this first Saturn round in the beginning of the 30s. And it, it has actually taken me many years to integrate what it was all about. Um, also, when we talk about projections and 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 how to uh, how to, in, to what degree we are unconscious, because I think um, uh, what I was brought up to believe about love experiences was that well, you're supposed to you know marry and <laughs> have a family and and um, and this is this is. Uh, 
uh, a goal that everybody is supposed to have, and and I also had that, but uh, but but it 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 just didn't turn out that way. So so, so it really taught me. Uh, well, I think firstly that that love is something that that just is. It it is not something that you can earn or get from others or or. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. I think I would say it. it it's just that it, it's something that is just given, given to, to, maybe to the world or to, yeah. Mm. And um, it's it's like um, you you really have an ability to co-create your life, and 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 um, and also. About the dreams, I think when you, the dreams you have when you are young, it's it's very you should never never give them up because they they may come true in in some in quite different ways than than you expect. So even though I, I earlier on I sometimes felt oh my dreams didn't come true, and 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 I really had um, I, I did a lot of inner therapeutic work and and. Um, <clears throat> also went through some grieving processes. I think that's that's a very very um, healthy thing to do. Also, and and I have also felt that it it was something that our culture needed to to rediscover and and um, and give uh, you know uh, some new values to the, the process of grieving and sometimes just being and and uh, you know maybe not knowing what's what's going to happen next or. I think it, it's 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 becoming more and more obvious now. It, it's it's like a feminine, um, a feminine energy that is, uh, I think, reawakening actually, in in the collective psyche. And it has something to do with being um, um, beingness. <laughs> Can you say that beingness? Mm. Yeah, being. Because <laughs> um, we're yeah, human being. being. It's all about being. That's wow! That's very great. Human beings, yes. Yes, yeah. That remember that that being is is a kind of uh, um, natural love that that you can, if you're out in nature, you can you can just you can sense it or you can feel it or you can see it everywhere. Mm. You know all the beauty of nature and 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 uh, maybe the animals and 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 this kind of very uh, happy. Uh, just beingness, yeah, yeah, and I have also found out it's a way to to actually um, uh, be with. If you have some pain in your body, for example, you might like to, um, you know, look for a kind of therapy that could um, take away your pain or, or something like that. But but um, I think there's some value in pain also, um, in, in the sense that that if you don't, if you can't do anything about it. And and if you can if you can um, learn to accept and be with it, I think it can deepen your compassion in in many ways. Mm. But having said that, I also think that 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 if you if you if you can concentrate on on the being and 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 your feeling wellness, because you, there are always some I think some places in the body that that actually feels good, and if you can if you can concentrate on them, um, it is actually my experience that you can. You can open up small uh, bridges to, um, or maybe small tunnels to to the the pain areas, and and suddenly um, you, 
can change actually how how, how your body is feeling. Mm. I so agree with that. Like I think that uh, you know where there's been lots of mindfulness practices where you scan the body and wherever you feel pain, you sit with that pain and yeah. be with that pain and and just immerse that area of your body with love and light and really yeah. like it's got to come from your heart and it's amazing that when you practice this in 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 in, in and you do need to take the time out to do this because it does take time um it's amazing how the pain dissipates because yeah. you know if i you know there's different beliefs of course but you know it's one of those things that pain does um, store in our body as an emotional pain and sometimes when we deal with things and we repress them and we repress them they store themselves that energy stores itself in our body and so yeah. it's you know there's some people that tap through their pain there's some people that uh, use visualization through their pain or there's some people mm. that actually sit with their pain and be with that pain because you have that pain for a reason. When you start unpacking that pain and allowing mm. yourself to immerse yourself with that feeling and drop into it, you go into mm. a nux, another layer and then you keep going to another layer until there's almost like a void. That's right. And so yeah, it's important to actually to feel the pain. That's that's really Beautifully said, and I think it also um, it, it 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 deepens your compassion compassion toward um, other other beings. Mm, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and you mentioned uh, tapping also. I I also use tapping. I mm. have actually uh, learned it from the internet. There's mm. so many wonderful um, um, like internet summits also where you can you can just yeah. learn from from looking at uh, the screens and and also I realized that. Um, the, the, the persons who invented the tapping, it, it actually happened in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there, from, from the beginning of, the, uh, I think it was 1984 to 85, we had, uh, we had this uh, Uranus-Neptune conjunction, you know, a collective uh, aspect, a world transit, as we call it. And I think it, it, it's, it's, it's some of the archetypal energy of this Uranus-Neptune um, because it has to do with the meridians in the body, and, mm. and you know, Neptune. It's it's also a very healing, you know, the healing uh, aspect of of the tapping, and and I have heard many people talk about tapping like a kind of a revolution actually in in how we uh, how we approach, uh, you know, the pain and the psychological difficulties and and emotional, uh, uh, like people say that. A lot of uh, uh, physical diseases have an, an emotional component mm -hmm. or an emotional background, and and we can we can learn how to uh, how to heal ourselves and, and maybe how to um, uh, prevent those diseases from breaking out. So I think it's a very very interesting thing that it, it happened in the 1980s when we yeah. had this uh, aspect. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I did, I did, uh, so thought field therapy, which is tapping about 10 or 15 years ago. And I actually did it because I, yeah. uh, have a fear of flying. I'm getting better now, but I yeah. did it, uh, because I wanted to, uh, um, get on a plane without being having, well, without being in a state of panic. 
<laughs> and yeah, it's, it's yeah. really interesting so because we did it and they actually make you visualize what it's like you're about to step on the plane blah 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 and of course yeah. i'm at the airport and i thought i'm gonna you know you don't want to because where you need to tap obviously the meridian points there's certain points like above your eyes under your eyes and then as you move down and there's yeah. no way that i could have done that i mean i probably could have gone to the toilet and done it but it was mm. really funny because i'm like i can't tap because everyone's going to look at me going, she is going through a weird experience right now. So mm. um, I never got to um, experience it for the first time, but I use it quite often to, and I do it unconsciously. Like I didn't even know half the time where I tap because it's been so long. But when I feel a little mm. bit stressed out or anything, I tap and it really does help you just stabilize. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. It can really take away uh, some, if you have stomach pain or something, Yeah, very, very quickly. And actually, I've heard some uh, talk about it uh, in relation to airports. <laughs> they said they, they saw some people tapping in the airport. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Oh, but it's, I think it's, 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 it has entered our culture and, and uh, it's, it's maybe a, just a question of time yeah. when people get used to it. And, and they also teach children, you know, in schools to do it. Oh, wow, that's and fantastic. It's so beautiful, yeah. That's beautiful. So talking yeah. about pain, we love to always talk about pain points because I believe that everyone has pain points in life or business. So what would be some yeah. of your biggest pain points in your life or business and how do you um, work through them? Well, I think um, I had I have a tendency to, to overwork, to work too hard. Uh, and and I, I know it's, it's, it is, um, it's an old um, habit. habit. Mm. Um, uh, I, I also think it is a very cultural, um, uh, like something that if I just work hard enough, you know, everything will be okay. And um, and I, I, I've had uh, periods in my life with what we call the burnout syndrome, where you're mm. completely exhausted because you, you have just been actually doing too much and um it 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 has taken me a long time to to sort of work this pattern out or 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 really learn to appreciate not doing anything and then taking time off and uh, just be and relax and uh, and uh, find security like uh, within also Mm. I can relate to what you're saying, Eva. I'm the same. I okay. and it's really hard to if you love what you do, it's like you never work a day in your life. So you just keep working and working and working. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, that's another thing because the more the elder I become, the more I, I really realize that if you really really love what you do, sometimes you can really forget about time and space and just be with it and and then you get more and more energy actually so so what i had to find out was that you know for many years i had this um um idea that um you know i need to have a job to get the the basic income and then i can do what i like you know besides but but um but it it's like it, it it's not working anymore uh, and I think may maybe the collective um, has also changed. It it's like it, for now, it is time for us to really, really, really do what we love. And yeah. like Joseph Campbell, he said, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors that would otherwise be closed. I think that was a very, very wise 
sentence also because um, because um, it gives you um, inner peace mm. and 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 joy and uh, enthusiasm and uh, and 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 if you are lucky enough not to um, you know to have to to work like time from eight to four or something like that. Um, you can be much more flexible, mm. and, I mean, and I think when when you're really um, ins- inspired, it, mm. it's a very very wonderful thing to just you know write for days or whatever you like to do. Um, but but it it's 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 a kind of switch inside, um, and and beginning to really trust that you can you can you can uh, co-create your inner peace, and then you. You um, then you may be uh, able to attract whatever you need in your life. Mm. It's, 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 it's a kind of surrender, also. I think surrender. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think so too. And I I have to say I'm a big fan of Joseph Campbell, and I love it. And and mm-hmm. surrender. Sometimes when you do, I think that's. I think we get that as we get older. I, uh, personally, I think that when you're a little bit younger, you tend to push for what you want. And yeah. what I discovered from doing that from an energy point of view, actually pushing it away, whereas the <laughs> more I surrender, the more it comes to me, the more I have mm. faith and trust that it will just be whatever is meant to be, it, it seems to unfold for me. Yeah. Um, I love the fact you were talking about time and space and, and time and space, you know, I always say time is a man-made concept, but if we were to go back in time, what advice mm-hmm. would you give your younger self? Um, yeah, today I think it, it would be a, it, it would be about the dreams, uh, mm. keep dreaming, I would say, um, and, um, and also I, it, I used to uh, think a lot about, uh, creativity. I remember what, what is creativity and, and, uh, and, um, and today I think so many people are talking about the, the human mind being creative in itself. I mean, no matter what, we are creative uh, uh, intelligences. Everybody mm-hmm. is a creative intelligence. So, no matter what you think or what you um, what you you direct your attention to, you you, you create something. Mm. And uh, maybe I would have told her that. <laughs> I love maybe. that. If she would believe it, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I remember I used to, to think a lot about this. What is creativity? And um, and I also love the astrology in, in the sense that um, well, how can how can how can we um, how can we look for creativity in, in the birth chart and and you know stimulate the the creativity and 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 now I would say that just um, just. Uh, um, reading about astrology and working with it in all kinds of ways it, it, it actually stimulates your, your creativity mm, in itself does doesn't it yeah yeah i love it so eva what we do as we wrap up the show we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand so what would be that one word for you um well i i think it it it, it would be something about um Soul, soul making. I think. I love that. Yeah, I, I think so yeah. too. I think that's you. You're very deep, deep soul, 
uh, making seat two down to the ground. Absolutely. And the other thing that we do as we wrap up the show, we always love at, to ask our woman of inspiration to pick three golden nuggets for our listeners. So what are three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Um, I think um, one word that comes to mind is um, uh, recreation. I really like that word because it it has, well, in, in the Danish language, we, we mostly use it for people, you know, who have been sick and, and they are they need some time to rest in before they go back to, to the, the, the life they, they usually had. Um, but but I think it, it also means to create again, you know, recreation. It means to, to recreate something, mm. to, to create something uh, again. And um, and 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 to to be recreative is also to relax and uh, have fun and um, I really love this double meaning of of the words. Mm. So so I, so I think that re- re- we are we are able to recreate things if if we are in a circumstance that that we don't like. We we actually have the ability to. Or maybe we should say re-co-create. <laughs> or reinvent um, even, like recreate. Yeah. It's like you're you, you're created, but you can recreate yourself, or you can recreate yeah. an event. You can recreate, and, and to be recreative is also to relax and have fun. Mm. And I really like that part of it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. So, what would be a couple of others? So that's one. What would be another two? Um, I think. Um, Number two would have something to do with, um, um, I think that's a very, I think we are, we are, we are love in, 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 in a very deep sense in, in, in the, if you can say the core of, of ourselves, we are, we are made of love and our creators are, are pure love and, and unconditional love. Mm. Uh, and, and, um, I, I think we should just remember ourselves, uh, our, know that that we are loved mm. in, in that very very deep level mm. and that sometimes we may not uh, be able to feel it but but just knowing that it's there in in, in the core of ourselves i think it is it's, it's very calming and mm. and, I, and and it brings me also to the next one because i think if everything we create i think deep down we have a memory of where we come from you know mm. this our, our spiritual uh, home, and I think all 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 the arts, whatever it is, whether it's music or stories or paintings or uh, whatever we do as human beings, I think we are telling stories about the way back to to our spiritual home, mm. and all the all the heroes hero and heroines uh, stories. You know all the different wonderful myths and stories about, um, uh, yeah, heroes and heroines. I think mm. they are about that. Mm, I love so, that. And, and so, Joseph Campbell so, does that well too, doesn't he? he? Talks about the heroes and heroines. Absolutely. Mm. This, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he did a wonderful, wonderful life life mm. work <laughs> on, on, on just on just that. Mm. And and also when we when we meet friends we tell stories to each other and I think this is also this is one of the really really great qualities between uh, human beings that we can 
we can share our stories. Mm. When we meet, we can share our stories and, and some of our, you know, our best friends, we, we just, we, t- we share our stories with, this is the most important part maybe of, of the friendships that we can, mm. we can walk together and share our stories. Mm, I love I that. Like, and, and I think stories is how we connect, isn't it, really, when you think about it, because it's, it's how the unconscious part of our mind connects, but stories help us, um, I don't know, I think live life to almost our fullest potential when we have stories because it's almost like, and if you think about it, different cultures and, uh, you know, like especially I'm thinking, I've just got a visual as you were talking about it, I was thinking about the Native American Indians where yeah. they, the elders used to tell their stories in their teepees and they, they had all their wow. children sitting around as they were sharing mm. stories and then sharing stories with their friends as well. So as you were saying that, I've got this visual of, um, the wow. Native American Indians sharing the That's elders, beautiful. yeah, sharing the stories. Yeah. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Oh, look, yeah. I love all of them. So, Eva, for our listeners, how can they find you? What's the best place to go to? Um, well, I have a website uh, called www.evalugge.com, and Lugge is spelled L I K K E. But I also have a, a blog in, in English. My website is both in Danish and in English, but I, I, I have a blog where I have written some articles about uh, archetypal astrology also. Mm. And it is called uh, www and then starcrit.community. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have that in the show notes. And for our listeners, uh, you'll have to go, because I did it for myself, actually, when I first went onto Eva's website, I was like, oh, gosh, I can't read da- Danish. But there is a little, uh, uh, I think on the right-hand side, there's a little uh, box really? where you can actually, yeah, there's a little flag we can actually tap into it and you can read it in English. So look, That's Eva, right. And, and, go on. and the blog is, is, is in English, only yeah. in English. Yeah, Eva, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been absolutely amazing and a pleasure to finally we get to connect and talk to one another, and uh, not via email, but you know, voice to voice. Um, and thank I, you very thank much you. for having me. <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so so much for coming on the show. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. If you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care.